about the role of virtual reality in educating midwives. So we're going to get a bit more applied. How is this going to really affect you and other people like you? So our speakers are two experts from the University of Newcastle, lectures in school and nursing and midwifery. Donovan Jones is an early career researcher with the University of Newcastle and a member of the Hunter Medical Research Institute. And he's presented research internationally looking at the issues of virtual and augmented reality, perinatal mental health, and learning innovations associated with midwifery and healthcare. And Shanna Feely is also an early career researcher and doing a PhD with the University of Newcastle. And she's looking at antenatal weighing and gestational weight gain in her PhD. And she's also been involved with the development and implementation of virtual and augmented reality. So please give them, even though you've just been standing up, I'd like you to give them a standing ovation. Please welcome Donovan and Shanna. Good morning, everyone. What an amazing turnout this is. This is fantastic. Listen, before we get started, I think it's really important that um, we pay our respects to the original owners and custodians on the land in which we meet today, um, and we give respect to elders past and present. Uh, what we're going to talk about, though, is the future, and the future happened about 10 years ago. I think Jordan gave us a really good starting point this morning as to where we might be going with this technology. So what we've done is we've put together a very short presentation to try and give you um, a little bit of an idea of what's happening and where we're going to go with these technologies. But also we're going to tell you a story at the same time because being a registered nurse and a registered midwife, I love stories. I mean, <laughs> stories is where we connect with people, it's where we connect with women, it's where we connect with our patients. So it's really, really important. Um, as you can see here, um, it's myself and my co-founder, Shanna, and Shanna's going to be doing some of the slides and hopefully looking after the clicker, because I'm no good with the clicker. I get nervous and I just hold my finger on the button, so it's, it's not ideal. Now, as you're all getting a, a grip or a handle on technologies, or already have, um, please make sure you can reach out to us on LinkedIn and Twitter, okay? We're very happy for you to uh, perhaps take some photos of any of the slides or contact details as well. Um, I think this is really important. So the educational landscape is, is changing in a hurry. You can see this happening behind me. Now, to talk about how quick this is changing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so just coming off the back of Jordan's fantastic talk, um, what we really want to do um, you know, is show you how we've um, found some gaps and how we can integrate um, augmented and virtual reality into uh, teaching, but also maybe into our practice. So, um, as Donovan said, um, we're nurses and midwives. Um, Donovan's actually from Newcastle, so works in quite a large tertiary um, centre and obviously um, in that sort of metropolitan area, whereas myself, I'm at a satellite campus in Port Macquarie, so any Port Macquarie represent. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we can see perfect. Um, so applications um, of this technology, so both um, into that metropolitan, but also that regional, so um, what it has to offer in opportunities. So um, for us, being Bachelor of Midwifery uh, lecturers, we did identify some gaps. So our students, obviously, um, are really good in giving us feedback. 
back. And um, Jordan was uh, really got us thinking um, as well about how, you know, what is our nursing and midwifery courses going to look like for the future? And um, how are we going to move with, um, you know, with this technology, having our children, so I've got a 10 and a 12-year-old, who are coding, you know, in their classes and using this technology now. So how do we integrate that into um, our nursing and midwifery education? So these are the things that we are faced now as lecturers in our um, daily workings, is um, how do we reinvent the classroom and not become obsolete as institutions? Because, as we said, everybody's got um, a handheld smartphone device that has Google and no longer are we now, you know, giving people information where, you know, where um, our students in the classroom can fact check us in like five seconds. So it, it's about, you know, how do we, you know, really evolve with that? Um, so one of the things that we saw so, um, with our students in particular is, you know, availing them to practical uh, procedural skills. And some of the things um, that we really focused on was those life-saving skills of resuscitation. And so for us, we, um, our first focus was on teaching or availing more time for our students to have... Um, experience with neonatal resuscitation. So what they were telling us, and obviously, um, you know, all of us in the room would know, is that, you know, it's getting harder to avail our students to these clinical experiences, and we can't obviously simulate that emergency, um, you know, just using our task trainers and things like that. Um, for some students, it was uh, the abrupt reality of, you know, their first um, introduction to resuscitation was an actual resuscitation. So, you know, it was quite confronting for these students who otherwise wouldn't have any um, clinical practice or it's their first clinical. Um, and then the other thing was is as they're progressing through their bachelor courses is that um, they're also... Um, you know, they've got time spent on holidays and then re-engaging back into clinical was a big thing for them, um, particularly around emergencies. So one of the things with procedural skills that we, um, we thought we'd highlight is that, you know, we've come a long way. So um, in our professional practice, we've come from low-fidelity simulations. We've moved into our high-fidelity simulation models and things like that. Um, and we've even gone into virtual reality using, uh, you know, virtual worlds or computer-based virtual worlds to teach our students. Um, so second life is a big um, key thing. But what we thought is that we can actually probably use this virtual reality and augmented reality technology and uh, teach our students and um, using, you know, the premise of our mobile health of anytime, anywhere healthcare, um, yeah, to avail this technology to them. So this slide's just a bit more of um, some of the issues and some of the catchphrases that you, you, we hear these days um, is mHealth. And mHealth is basically just the use of um, you know, any medical or applied medical or public health using a mobile smartphone tablet um, technology. So the premise or the potential is, and the opportunity, like Jordan was saying, is that you know, where can we go with these technologies? Um, you know, what we should be looking at is empowering um, the user and empowering, um, so our students was our focus, but what we um, actually found, and Donovan will outline, is that we actually found that we maybe be able to empower our patients, and Jordan showed that we can empower people a lot. But in midwifery, one of the biggest things for us was that 
Um, we found that there was such a large saturation in um, the mobile platforms, up to almost 2,000 on two app stores of pregnancy-related apps. And obviously that's great, there's an available of information, but one of the things with that uh, saturation is that they can't rely on, you know, is it evidence-based? So we don't know what evidence they're getting. Um, and so uh, one of the things for us was that, you know, in that sort of uh, sense of that large market, um, it does present, you know, present us with challenges because as health professionals, we can't keep up with the amount of apps and what's in them and all that sort of thing. Um, so part of that was, you know, how do then we integrate that into our practice and sort of empower ourselves as health professionals um, to teach our students but also um, assist our, our clients as well. All right, so before I tell you this story, I'm just going to build on what Shana's just told you. We're all clinicians, most of us here in the room, and we all know about online learning. It's a load of bullshit. It's text on a screen. And if I'm going to do it at three o'clock in the quadrant office four times because I've got to remember how to wash my hands, I'm just going to go enter, release, press. Do you want a coffee? Yeah, mate. Did someone bring cake? <laughs> hey, CPD's done. That is not learning, okay? Not only is it not learning for us, it's actually insulting for me as a clinician. Absolutely. All right? What immersive technology does is it immerses the user in the technology. When you put the headset on, you can't watch reruns of Seinfeld as much as we love to do that. You are right in that world. I have had students come up to me and go, Don, I took the headset home, I put it on, I was in the clinical lab. I went, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's amazing. And it's fail-safe. How intimidating is it to have a senior clinician standing over you on a training day? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm new. Do you know where the policy is? No. I want people to be able to fail safely. I want my students to fail safely. I want junior clinicians to fail safely. I want them to be able to go back and look at the analytics in the data that they collect when they go through these training scenarios to go, I need to develop that skill. And that's going to equate to a safer work environment, a more confident health professional, better healthcare outcomes. That's the big why. How all this started was, as you can see straight away, I like to talk. This started over a cup of coffee. I had a mate, his name was Sanjay, IT guy, really cool. Love midwifery. We're talking over a cup of coffee and I was telling him about my problems logistically and trying to get students through high fidelity simulation. Because it's not the best way to spend money sometimes because you're looking at about $10 million every decade and we can't run the equipment unless we've got the person that's been trained by the company, otherwise we void the warranty, then there's timetabling. Students can't make it because they got birth. It's a nightmare. And he said, well, I've got this really cool thing called VR. I went, yeah, I know about that. He said, well, let's find some money. Ha, ha, ha. Good one. Let's find some money. You've got a lump of wood, we'll rob a bank. I don't even think they have cash anymore though, do they? It's all cards. Um, but anyway, we found some money, and we did what we didn't think we could do. We actually designed a simulation on neonatal resuscitation. It was the first of its kind in the world, and it took off like wildfire. I went on the news a few years ago, or probably late last year. We reached 32 million people in two weeks. That's how interested people are. But at the moment, it's still quite disjointed. Okay, so it's really important that as you listen to this technology today and you take, if you take anything away, how do I make this, how do we implement this? You know, we need those big ideas. I mean, I've been all around Australia in the last six months with the CSIRO doing the Accelerate program. We're in a different capital city every two weeks. We have met some of the best med tech developers in the world and we're all coming up with the same issues. How do we get 
health. How do we get big companies behind this? Really you can see behind it. Didn't it. Te teach us how to spell, though, right? Um, now, hold on, I just want to say this, I am a typical academic and I only check stuff after I've sent it. We need VR okay? for our spelling. You always do that, you send an email, then you read it and you go, Yeah. okay. And it wasn't even like two o'clock in the morning, so you can't, you can't do that. But basically what we did is we went and also explored how we actually commercialise this, because this is really important. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want to be a Steve Jobs, that's not my why, okay? because you need to know why we do things. My why is I want to train the next generation of clinicians to be able to use these technologies in such an effective way. And we do these fast. These projects that we're going to show you at the end, we did in 12 weeks from start to finish to deployment. It's that quick, okay? Um, and as, as Jordan sort of reiterated earlier, um, the fact that we've got young, young kids under the age of 10 now doing stuff at school with technologies that their teachers don't know. From a pedagogical point of view, it's exciting. It's a little bit unsound, but I do like it. I do like that, that disruption. Um, and from all this, we've got some insights. Yeah, so we did learn a lot. So this um, CSIRO program got us out of our comfort zone and really talking to you guys, so clinicians on the floor and the students themselves. So we um, were challenged to think, well, yeah, you know, you think it's a good idea, but does everybody else think it's a good idea? And um, the good thing about that was that we were validated by um, people like yourself. So um, particularly with neonatal resuscitation training, so professionals um, were telling us that they're, you know, they really uh, wanted to keep, um, continually develop this skill Obviously, it's important, and of course it is. But um, the clinical environment uh, is always, you know, ad hoc um, sort of simulation training. Yes, it is a requirement for us in New South Wales to do it every 12 months. But again, um, you know, the value of the learning applied to that during, you know, simulation um, task trainers, rather than being totally immersed um, into, you know, uh, emergency situation itself um, was lacking. Um, and also... Um, what else did they say? <laughs> our students, sorry, our health professional students, um, so they were indicating that they were actively seeking so accessible and other ways of educating themselves. So they were going already beyond our uh, text and curriculum and using things like YouTube and Khan Academy to really fill those gaps. So there was glaring obvious gaps in the way that um, we currently are teaching and educating them and they want that uh, visual um, aspects added to it. So these were great learnings. So the first project, or the first prototype we developed, which is a compromised neonate. So again, this was done in a very agile environment. So what I mean by agile, this isn't one of those things that you, know, you might start in 2014 and it finishes in 2020. It was like, we've got a pocket of money, we've got 12 weeks, we get the whole team together, we work out exactly what we want to do. We have two-week sprints, so we meet every two weeks, everybody comes together, the clinicians, the specialist for coding and we all look at where things are because the last thing you want to do is get to the end of this and find out we just spent 100 grand in 12 weeks and it doesn't work, okay? So that was really, really important. But what we've been able to find around this is we've been able to deploy this on basic headsets and I'm going to talk about some of the technology as I'm moving around because someone, I know we've asked about this. So this is a basic um, Oculus Rift. It's a basic headset. It's about $130 from JB, um, they're not sponsoring us by the way, and it's just got a normal smartphone in it. So we let the students take these home. So a student can take this home and have an absolute complete immersive experience in neonatal resuscitation for the scope of a Bachelor of Midwifery student as per the Australian Qualification Framework and APRA. All in that. I mean, that's amazing. And you know what's really good? You know when you go to those training days and you're really good, a really good presenter and you learn heaps and other days you just don't gel? This is the same no matter where it goes. 
Okay, I can send this to Gunnedah, I can send it down to um, Geelong in Victoria, or I can go off to Bangladesh, it's going to be the same. And that's really, really, really important. And it allows people to learn at their own, their own paces. Um, so some of the things we have learned, so obviously we are conducting research on uh, both the prototypes that we're presenting today, but we obviously want our students to learn it. So again, we want to get it in the hands as quick as possible. So we have, um, you know, just, we have um, allowed our students obviously to use this technology because that's what it was used for. So some of the feedback is obviously that it's useful, um, but uh, they definitely um, are loving these new applied uh, methods of technology into the classroom and the fact that it's accessible. Is, um, is the real key for them, particularly, uh, obviously, the ones um, from a rural um, perspective, is that they can, um, you know, it can be downloaded as an app on their phone and they can do it in their lounge room. Or, you know, they can do it again um, after having six weeks from clinical placement, they can refresh their skills again, being more confident and competent going back into their clinical placements. Absolutely. Now, we had so much success with the, the initial um, uh, neonatal resuscitation that um, the university's powers have decided that because we are really about technology and innovation that they would give me some more money to do another project. Um, and this was an absolute, um, it, was, it, was, it was really, really important to us because we needed to do it and we had a few ideas. Now, one of the things you need to think about with augmented and virtual reality is you've probably already got 100 ideas and none of them are silly. One of the ones I struggled to teach as I struggled to learn as a midwife was fetal positions in utero. Because you'd be having the doll and the baby in the pelvis and then you'd be trying to sort of, well, I think. Yeah. Your tongue out. Yeah, you've got to have your tongue out. How does it work? Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> so what we decided to do was make a world first augmented virtual reality. So we did this in multiple platforms. Now multiple flat platforms are really important. And again, I'm going to show you some more technology. So we have a headset here. Now this is an augmented virtual or augmented reality headset. This is, if any of you have seen Iron Man when he's down in the shed and he's putting his robot together and he's got this big thing in front of him, this is what that does. You can put this on and I can bring up a full life-size um, female body in front of me and I can manipulate it. I can make the baby grow from zero to 42 weeks gestation, I can change position, I can change the placenta, I can do all that sort of stuff and it's got an in-out camera so I can actually beam it to any AV equipment that's behind me. This is amazing. They cost $7,000, so we're not about to go and buy 20 of them just yet. They are becoming really cheap, though. The Oculus Go, which is something that uh, we're currently exploring at the moment, has its own um, smartphone or type device in it, fully enclosed. They're about $130 is what they're going to come out at towards the end of the year. They're a little bit dear at the moment, but... So one of the biggest things with uh, Road to Birth was, uh, again, during the CSIRO program, um, was that obviously there was the educational component and uh, what really came out was that we uh, did talk to pregnant women themselves and pregnant women were actually captivated by uh, the Road to Birth and the education that that could provide them. Um, and they could see, it sort of bridged the gap between the health professional for them and what they were saying and, uh, you know, their perceptions and their education. So it was really empowering to see um, how, you know, how that internal view of pregnancy that otherwise they're experiencing and no longer were they sort of seen as a passive, um, you know, carrier of a baby. They were then more actively involved and could really uh, actually see in that uh, augmented world how their baby was. So going on a little bit further from that, so this is the, the exact same technology on an iPad. So imagine what it would be like to actually sit down with a first-time pregnant mum and actually talk to her about positioning. And then not only talk to her, but then give her the link to download it to put on a smartphone. What a great way to empower women. What a great way to empower our patients. 
But imagine going in for a surgical procedure where a couple of days beforehand you can actually go to the hospital website, click on the link and actually have a walk-through theatre. Imagine what it would be like for the anaesthetists that do paediatric lists to actually um, perhaps um, disengage the, the young child that's quite distressed as they go to put on the gas mask. So instead they put on a virtual reality headset and they put on a spacesuit or something like that. It's limitless and it's coming and we need to be a part of it. We need to embrace it and we need to try and learn. Up until a decade ago, technology wasn't my thing. And now I can... Wednesday next week, we're off to the UK. We're off to Oxford University, Leeds University, off to Dublin and Galway. That's where it's taken us in just a matter of years. It's amazing this when nursing and midwifery can take you.